the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Good afternoon. It's Tim DeMoss Show. A couple minutes after 4. Thank you for listening in. How you doing? Interesting day forecast-wise, huh? On the cloudy side, sliver of sunshine, but wind's starting to pick up. And there's actually a high wind warning in effect for parts of the tri-state area. So grab the lawn uh, chairs, the small children, whatever you got kicking around, trash cans, and perhaps put them in a better place so that they do not wind up in your neighbor's backyard or wherever. And that's actually going to continue tonight and uh, rain kicking in, maybe a thunder shower tomorrow. Also on the cloudy, rainy, soggy side, but still mild. Tomorrow's high pushing 70. So you have been hearing us talk about this No Safe Spaces movie, have you not? Yes, you have. And it's a movie, a documentary really from uh, 2019, the number one political documentary. Had a 99% rating on... RottenTomatoes.com, starring Adam Carolla, podcaster and comedian, and Dennis Prager, who happens to be featured on our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, conservative news talk station. He's on every afternoon, one till three. And the uh, gist of the film is that America is a great place to be. It's an exceptional country, but it also shows how foundational American values have come under attack and how you can fight back. So it's a heavy topic, but it's also done... A very, in a very entertaining way, and with a lot of diversity, a lot of guests, a lot of stories, and not just uh, folks on the conservative side of things. There are a lot of folks who are in this documentary who you would consider on the liberal side, but they do agree that uh, some foundational American values are under attack, and so there's unity there. If you want to find out more about it, ironically, you cannot go to Amazon Prime, you cannot go to uh, Netflix, things like that, because they won't carry it. Again, it's ironic because it's a film on free speech. <laughs> so, uh, nosafespaces.com is where you can go uh, for information on that. And as part of that, and what we're excited about today, is to have somebody who is uh, featured in No Safe Spaces, and her name is Isabella Chow. Isabella, great to have you on board. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for taking time to talk today. Uh, the No Safe Spaces movie we've been letting listeners know about is uh, something that you're in. You, you're well familiar with the project. And uh, I wanted to give you the floor and share some of your story, which I found really interesting as I watched the documentary. Um, so so you were a student at UC Berkeley at the time, a third-year student, if I remember correctly? Yeah. Okay. And you were doing uh, studying business and music? Yeah. Okay. So what, what happened? Because part of your college experience um, – was being elected to student senate uh, in the spring of 2018, a couple years ago. 
Um, mm-hmm. What group did you represent? Yeah, so um, how it works at Berkeley is that because we have you know almost 40,000 students, usually people cater to a specific student body and request you know votes from that body and focus their efforts on representing that community. So, you know, there's like a senator who represents Koreans or, you know, um, there's a senator who represents the dance community, the LGBTQ plus community, the pre-med community. And so I was the third senator in a row to run and win a seat on behalf of the Christian community on campus, which is, you know, pretty significant. I came in um, with one of the most votes, um, second most to be accurate. Um, and my successor came in with the most votes out of all the candidates running that year. So, wow. yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So, so Isabella, how many, so you're saying that there are lots of obviously kinds of groups that could want representation, but there's, there's only a certain amount of seats and you have to be elected by, you know, enough people to, you know, you get one of the spots that's available, whatever the group may be. Is, yeah. Is right? So there's 20 senators in general, in, in total. How many? 20 uh, 20 Senate seats, and then there's like, you know, the president and executive vice president and other okay. executive seats, too. Okay, so it's conceivable that if the group is maybe small enough, you know, too small, they're not going to have enough votes to to get a seat? Or could you actually, um, could I not be part of any group officially, but I could still vote for your group as a student? In other, in other words, yeah, um, any, any student can vote for anyone. Okay. Um, but then, you know, there are candidates who don't have enough uh, of a voter, a voter base to okay earn a seat, essentially. Okay, so that's interesting to know that just to be part of the 20, you had to have enough support to even be there in the first place. Um, yeah. Okay, so then how long had you been a um, – what, what was the election like? – I'm, I'm really – I don't mind taking a little time to understand this because I think it's fascinating. Like, So if you got uh, elected in the spring of 2018, when were you supposed to – were you supposed to start serving immediately or how did that work? Yeah, so I was elected um, in April 2018, and then my term didn't start till August of 2018, so for the following school year, essentially. Okay. Once that was in motion, then uh, explain kind of what happened about the bill that you, you couldn't agree with in total, which I think is uh, is part, part of this story. Yeah, so I think in October 2018, um, there was a bill proposed to our student body, and it was drafted by the uh, senator representing the LGBTQ plus community among, um, with, you know, the support of others. And essentially, the bill was disagreeing with Trump's proposals to amend Title IX, which which talks about how sexual assault affairs are handled on campus. And, you know, part of Trump's changes would have defined a person's gender as a person's biological sex. So, you know, essentially, if I'm transgender, I can't identify by my transgender, but I have to go by, you know, what I, what is listed on my birth certificate. Okay. And so, yeah, our student body didn't really like that proposal, and they drafted a resolution condemning Trump's changes and affirming the LGBTQ plus gender identities. Okay. And I, I think, you know, for me, I'm all about, you know, making sure that people are treated fairly and that you know, people are included in campus discussions. But then this bill was different in that it was almost entirely symbolic. And it was asking us as a student government body to endorse the LGBTQ plus organizations on campus, which, you know, are directly in conflict with my values and the values of Christians that voted for me. Okay. And let me ask you this. For those just tuning in, uh, Isabella Chow is our guest, uh, has been a student at UC Berkeley. And so the bill, uh, yeah, you said symbolic. I was going to ask you, was it more of a statement bill rather than it would actually have any kind of 
results from it? Like, it, would it have affected anything on campus necessarily? It was, or was it more of a statement, Bill? Like, this is our opinion, almost. Yeah, it, it was a lot more of a statement. And, you know, the, the clubs get funding at different times of the year. Okay. Um, and, you know, that is a different matter, right? Because I think that, you know, that goes more to, you know, the neutral position of our student government and allocating resources based on club need, not, oh, I'm, I don't agree with this club. I'm not going to give you money. I, that's not how we operate. Yeah. But then this was completely different. It's you asking me to agree with a certain value set yes, that right. I didn't really agree. Right. Was, and was there any part of what was in that uh, proposal that was you, that you agreed with or, or just you got – was it more of a general understanding of why they were doing it but not agreeing about the bill itself? Yeah, I think, you know, I did understand why they were writing the bill and throughout the entire semester – I think I got to understand them a lot more, but the overall premise of the bill I couldn't agree with, even though I did agree with specific clauses. You know, for example, I agreed that transgender people should never face violence and that there have been reported instances of transgender people facing violence and discrimination. Right. Like if I'm sitting on the bus next to someone who's transgender, I still have a duty to not just treat that person respectfully, but as a Christian to treat that person lovingly. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, Isabella Chow is our guest. She's one of many in this film, No Safe Spaces. And your story is, is part of that in the first, I think, third of the documentary. Um, very interesting story. So you wound up with this bill when you were on this, this, this uh, student senate there, abstaining from voting, which, correct me if I'm wrong, with that, that's different than voting a no vote as, as you just abstain from voting. Yeah, okay. I did. Okay. So it's not quite, you weren't coming down even as hard, quote unquote, harshly as, no, I disagree. It was just, I'd rather not vote on this one, which maybe sends a similar message, but at the same time, it also conveys to me, if I'm just observing, I don't agree with the whole thing. I'm just sitting this one out. Is that? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I wanted to convey that, you know, I I, I guess like it would have been a, a little bit clearer to vote just yes or no. Right. Right. But then, I, I was, especially as in, in a sensitive climate like Berkeley, I wanted people to understand that, you know, I'm not completely voting no, because I understand that, you know, you as a community have been hurt, that you've faced very unique struggles. Right. But I also hope that you understand that I just can't vote for something that I and my community, for the most part, disagrees with. Right. And that's a big part, because later on, you talk about how you, uh, despite everything that you went through, which we can talk about here in a moment, that you weren't elected to not listen to your conscience and to not represent the group that elected you to remain firm to why you were even there in the first place. Yeah. So you gave a short statement, I think, you know, when, when you abstained as to why. Is that, is that right? You gave a little statement why you abstained? Yeah, I did. I wrote it beforehand, and I read it before the vote. Okay. Did you have to give a statement and or who gives statements, like anybody who, any senator who wants to, or only those who dissent, or how does that go? Yeah, any senator can, you know, make a statement and we can also, you know, question each other on the floor about, you know, the different bills that come up. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't have to. But again, you know, I felt like just abstaining would not have clarified the issue. Okay. And I wanted people to know firsthand why I was abstaining instead of hearing, you know, all sorts of rumors around campus about what I actually believed or, you know, what Christians believe. Yeah. 
Isabella Chow, our guest, uh, the documentary we're chatting about today, something she is in. It's part of that No Safe Spaces documentary you've been hearing uh, so much about. And we'll keep our conversation with Isabella going here in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. It's 416, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for hanging out today. We have uh, Isabella Chow from the No Safe Spaces documentary as part of the program today. And I, I watched this documentary and took lots of notes. And Isabella's story really jumped off the uh, the screen at me and wanted to have you on. And so I'm very glad that you're able to do this with us, um, Isabella. The, uh, before the break, you were talking about you're one of 20 senators at UC Berkeley a couple springs ago. And uh, there was a, an LGBTQ plus bill that you weren't able to go along with fully. So you abstained as opposed to saying no, you just didn't want to vote. And you gave a statement as to why, uh, you know, you were going to go the direction you did. I'm going to guess what the voting was. But tell, can you, you do you know the vote total? Was it 19? Yeah, of the 20 uh, student senators, there were 19 in favor. And I was the only one who abstained. And you were an abstention and there were no no's. It was just one abstention. Yeah, okay. actually, I think it was probably 18 in favor because I remember one senator was not able to attend the meeting that night. Okay, so that person yeah. didn't vote, but it wasn't a no vote. All right, so you had hoped that offering a bit of an olive branch or just say, here's, let me explain myself, even just to say why, what happened after that? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, you know, I expected this, but it blew up overnight. A lot of other senators issued their own statements, you know, essentially condemning me for you know, what I said on the floor and my abstention from the vote. Um, yeah, and I tried to publish an op-ed with our student newspaper, and they refused to let me publish anything. Really? And, um, yeah, essentially the week after, there was a giant protest before the meeting. And during the meeting, there were about over 300 people, I think, who, like, basically jam-packed the Senate room. And about 100 of them spoke during public comment. It was, yeah, I had a few, um, you know, colleagues, well, not colleagues, but uh, students on campus who did go up and say, you know, Isabella is our elected representative and this is why we support her, her or this is why we want, you know, free dialogue on campus or this is why we as a church do care about you, even if it doesn't seem like it from your perspective. Yeah. But for the most part, a lot of these comments were, you know, essentially like, how could you hate us? Um, you know, their personal stories about, you know, like I used to be Christian and the church disaffiliated with me the moment I came out of the closet. You know, stories like that that were really hard to listen to, but also completely misunderstood the heart behind my statement, where I very clearly said, you know, I love you, God loves you, and, you know, you, you are loved for who you are, not what you identify as. But there are just certain actions and lifestyles that I can't, in a good conscience, promote. Okay. Uh, I, remind me, or I'll, I'll even ask you now because you brought it up. It, did you, in that in that meeting, were there any moments of of a little bit of a, a personal, personal side that was able to come out? Because, you know, I could see, I'm sure, there could be a lot of anger. That The clip that was used of you sitting there in a the, the sea of people with one person up front really railing against and the people are, are chanting – uh, it seemed like it would have almost been like a, a mob feeling as opposed to any kind of profitable conversation or 
were, were there any, was there any, even a moment or two where someone speaking, whether it's you or someone who was with you or someone from the transgender side saying something that was heartfelt, that, that there was any kind of emotion rather than just kind of an attack feel? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it felt like attack, but a lot of people also share very vulnerable stories. I, I think it was just in a moment, like it was three hours long and I was trying very hard to, you know, not show emotion. Sure. And <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just didn't know how to respond. Right. And I didn't feel like it would be appropriate to, you know, shed some tears on the floor. Right. It definitely wouldn't have been appropriate to, you know, be emotional in the sense of like getting frustrated at having to sit through three hours of people yelling at me. I think like a lot of it was just like a, you know, visceral reaction to not show anything. But a lot of people were very passionate when they went up there. Isabella Chow is our guest, a student at UC Berkeley. You've graduated now at this point or? I, I am. I graduated last May. Okay. Congratulations on that, by the way. Uh, Thank at, you. Yeah. At the time of the No Safe Spaces documentary, which folks can see at nosafespaces.com, it was actually the top political documentary of 2019. Isabella's in there for a segment about her experience at UC Berkeley as a third-year student. She is a, uh, studying business and music, elected to student senate in the spring of 2018, representing uh, Christians on campus. And actually, again, to, just to clarify, you had, because you, of the 20 senate seats, you had to be elected to uh, have enough votes to have a spot of one of the 20 spots. And you actually had the second most votes on campus, to, and therefore uh, the, the seats representing the Christian was actually there, clearly, right? So. You are you know, representing a large group of people, I guess, to put it that way. Oh, yeah. 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 And, you know, it's pretty crazy because, you know, the next semester in April, I was worried that Christians wouldn't come out to vote, um, that a lot of them, you know, were had mixed feelings about my decision to abstain, my decision to give a statement, and everything that happened afterwards. But my successor, who is another Christian student and is currently serving, she came in with the most votes out of all 37 candidates for wow. 20 seats, wow. um, almost entirely Christian. And she actually ran again for a re-election, and she just won again, um, this time with the fourth most votes. Wow. I was going to ask you about that, and I'll bring that back in near the end. I want you to, if you can, complete kind of after that, that. So that meeting that happened with with several hundred folks, that was, you know, obviously a very hard meeting. That was, what was the, what was it called? What was it, an official like they were holding a thing and they wanted you to be there or you had to be there or, or what was that about? Yeah. Like, you know, technically I didn't need to be there. I have a certain number of absences that I can use each semester. Okay. Um, yeah, but they were essentially calling for me to resign. And I, uh, of course, I, I think in my heart and in my mind, I knew I wasn't going to resign, Yeah. but you know, I asked myself like, what would Jesus do? Right. He would have gone there and listened. He wouldn't have just, disappeared and not taken, you know, public accountability. Yeah. I think I, I wanted to show them that, you know, I'm here and the other Christians in the room are here to listen to you. Okay. And, even if you're not being nice to us. <laughs> and it, and it was, so that was a regularly scheduled meeting. It, it wasn't like a call of the, the council. Let's get everybody together because, oh, Isabella didn't vote this way. And now we're going to do something about it. I mean, it turned into a, obviously a meeting geared that way, but it was something that was already on the calendar. In other words. Yeah, it was just during our weekly meeting. Okay. Isabella Chow, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show, chatting about the documentary No Safe Spaces. More info on that again at nosafespaces.com. We'll take a brief break, keep our conversation going here. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560, WFIL, and WFIL.com, as well as on the app. And just a quick side note, in case you want to grab the full podcast of our conversation, uh, you can do so after the program at WFIL. 
Com. Back with more in just a moment. Thanks again for tuning in this afternoon. We'll get you a forecast check as well coming up in a second. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 427 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Forecast calling for a cloudy, rainy rest of the afternoon as we head into evening. Uh, very windy. Could be north of 20, 25 mile an hour wind. So careful out there in the car wherever you are got the trash cans the lawn furniture things like that that can fly around they want to secure those a bit 56 below this evening still on the cloudy rainy side a good chunk of tomorrow making a thunder shower too in the mix along the way tomorrow's high though near 70 no safe spaces is a film that we've been talking about in the air for a little while now it stars adam carolla and dennis prager from our sister station philadelphia's am 990 the answer it's a conservative news talk station, in case you weren't aware. And uh, Dennis is on from 1 till 3 weekday afternoons. The documentary was the top political documentary of 2019. And um, actually had a 99% rating on RottenTomatoes.com, the highest of any film last year. It's a documentary basically around the idea that America is exceptional, but also that foundational American values have come under attack and how you can fight back about that. It is a uh, serious movie and uh, film and documentary in one way, but also lighthearted in many other ways because it's done in an entertaining way. Lots of interviews, lots of clips, lots of stories uh, throughout the entire documentary. And so if you want to get more information about it, want to check it out, nosafespaces.com is the website. Nosafespaces.com. Can't get it at Netflix. Can't get it at Amazon Prime. They won't carry it. Ironically enough, it is a film about free speech. Uh, so there you have it. Nosafespaces.com if you want to check it out. Uh, and part of that documentary, so pleased to have today, Isabella Chow joining us. Her story, very briefly, student at UC Berkeley, a couple of uh, springs ago, she was elected to student senate. There are 20 spots on that senate, so every group on campus doesn't have representation in that way. You have to be voted on, and so uh, students free to vote for whoever they want. Isabella actually had the second, I think, most votes of anybody, and... Um, was on the Senate and there was a bill that came up an LGBTQ plus bill that she couldn't go along with fully. So she just didn't vote on it. She said, I want to abstain here. I'm not voting. No, I'm just abstaining from it. And, um, in there, then you talk about this, Isabella, how there was just a lot of fallout from abstaining from voting again, not voting. No, just from abstaining. You were disaffiliated from organizations that you were connected with. Uh, you were voted out of clubs, talked about that. Um, and then the whole resignation or no resignation. Maybe talk about what happened, you know, with the fallout, with what what came after the vote, and how people treated you, and or you know, just kind of the vibe. What were you What were you feeling as you were interacting with folks? Yeah, it was pretty crazy because everything spread like wildfire on campus. You know, like suddenly I'm going to class, and you know, Berkeley is a huge campus. I don't know most of my classmates in most of my classes. Okay. Um, but suddenly I'm going to class, and I'm I know people recognize me. I know that. You know, I can't tell what people, how people think and feel besides how they treat me um, and interact with me in class. But that and then, you know, having, being disaffiliated from clubs that I had working relationships with, that, you know, I was working with as a senator to, you know, promote certain initiatives um, and also just being kicked out of clubs that I was already part of. Technically, they could just decide to and they have, did they have any grounds officially for doing that? Did they need any grounds? Legally, so to speak. In in most of the club constitutions, they had, you know, some clause there that said, you know, people can be 
terminated. Um, it can be asked to leave the club based on, you know, I, I don't know, vague criteria that's listed out there. Okay. But I think what was common was just, you know, we feel unsafe because you are a member of our club. Especially I was the business manager for a nonpartisan political magazine. And, you know, I've been in this club since freshman year, and I have built relationships with these people. But the moment that, you know, I came out as saying I'm a Christian and I have these values, they said, well, like, you know, what if in the future you're interviewing, you know, someone who identifies as LGBTQ+, I don't think they would feel safe interviewing with you. I don't think they would feel safe as a member of your team. And I tried to clarify over and over that, like, no, I love these people, and I've been in this club with LGBTQ+, friends, and nobody's ever had a problem. Right, like and, like until you were on the record about it, any of the folks that were in the LGBTQ plus community, no one had ever said, hey, Isabella's you know, treating me a little weird or I think she doesn't like me or like you'd never had in the everyday real relationships with real human beings, no one had ever complained about how you had talked with them or communicated, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's something. So, so that all kind of happened fairly quickly, the disassociations and the unraveling and then i mean what how about your senate seat too what what, what was your thought on that yeah i decided not to resign and the only other option would have been to force a recall vote i don't think that they were down to do that just because it's a little bit more of a lengthy process but also it would have opened up the student government to a lot more liability Hmm. okay so you were able to serve out your term which was the entire school year yeah, the entire school year. Okay. How were the remaining? Because that was in October when this all kind of happened. And then so you've got another semester and a half of of time. Where did things play out over time in terms of whether you were they were just ignoring you or were, were there any little bridges bur- uh, built over those times? Yeah, it was pretty tough, to be honest. Um, yeah, it was really tough every week to walk into a room where I knew, like, basically nobody – supported me nobody liked me and even if they secretly felt bad for me they couldn't say anything there was a lot of hostility there was a lot of like silent treatment Hmm. but I knew why I was there right I knew that I was there for a purpose and that I was representing a community that otherwise would not have been heard in a space like that and yeah yeah yeah, because of that I think that's what really kept me going and you know the prayers of students on campus um, of people from back home, people that I didn't even know who were messaging me on social media. Um, that was pretty incredible. So, Isabella Chow, yeah, our guest. Tough, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, good. Oh, yeah, I was just saying it was tough, but, you know, I finished it. God was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isabella Chow, our guest, uh, former student at UC Berkeley and uh, one of the uh, folks who the, the documentary No Safe Spaces uh, tells the story about, at any point, kind of after things were starting to settle down from all of the hubbub and commotion from your abstaining uh, to vote on that one particular uh, bill, did did you have in the weeks and months that followed anybody from the folks who were offended, uh, you know, LGBTQ plus supporters or senators or anything, to have uh, someone approach you to have a, a one-on-one conversation where someone initiated listen, Isabella, I, I don't agree with it at all, but I want to hear you out or something like that. Did that ever happen? Yeah, it's interesting that you asked that because, um, you know, the candidate for um, the LGBTQ plus community who ran you know, that year along with my successor did reach out to me. Hmm. And I did have a meeting with him and, you know, the leader of Unity in Christ, which is an inter-fellowship network on campus. Okay. Um, and then there was him, the candidate, and also... 
uh, I think he was like the director of the Queer Alliance. No, I think it was it was another LGBTQ plus group. And so we had a conversation, but it was a little awkward. Um, you know, for example, they took notes during the meeting. We asked for the notes and he agreed to send it, but never did. Hmm. You know, and there wasn't any follow up from it because I think he understood that it was clear that my stance had not changed and that my um, what I had to say would not change for the most part, although I made it clear that I was willing to, you know, work with him to, you know, build bridges as much as it was possible. Isabella Chow, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. She's uh, in the documentary No Safe Spaces you've been hearing about. And I guess where I was going with that had to do with whether it's an official thing or just somebody on campus, whether they're Christian or not, who just wanted to kind of seek you out on the side informally and say, you know, we may disagree completely, uh, but I want to hear where you're coming from and let you know where I'm coming from just so we could understand each other better. Did did any of that happen at all? Did you get any of that? Yeah, there were a couple conversations I had like that, um, you know, including a memorable one where, you know, the, the guy said, hey, I read all these things about you. And, you know, it, it definitely made me pretty angry um, in the sense, like, angry against what you said, uh, angry for what you said. Yeah. Um, you know, as I did more research and I, you know, read your actual statement, I felt like, you know, the student newspapers and the campus in general has been really misrepresenting what you said. Hmm. And you know, he wanted to reach out and we got coffee. And, you know, I told him how much I appreciated that he was, you know, in first place, even just willing to look things up um, because <laughs> that wasn't really happening a lot across campus. But there were definitely a couple of like, very memorable conversations. Like Interesting. That. And that, so those are just everyday students who, who wanted to go a little further with the story and, and think it through on their own. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's good. That's good to know. Hopefully, there's a, that, that the whole point is if there's a lot more of that maybe this you know none of this would have had to have happened if the folks you were working with as senators could have done that right. You would think that's where it would start, but I'm glad at least some of it happened. Isabella Chow, our guest from the No Safe Spaces documentary. We got a brief break to take, and then we'll keep our conversation rolling here. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM five sixty WFIL dot com, and on the WFIL app, live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 439, the Tim DeMoss Show with Isabella Chow, part of the documentary No Safe Spaces. Details on it at nosafespaces.com. Isabella, you mentioned you had a successor after you were done being in the Senate at UC Berkeley. And your successor received enough votes for, you know, the, the Christian representation on the Senate. In fact, she had the second most votes, I think you said. Was there any new stipulation in light of how you had voted so that when your successor was coming in, the successor had to be prepared to, okay, now you're going to have to learn how to vote a certain way or, <clears throat> excuse me, or um, or just be prepared to approach things a little differently? Yeah, it's interesting because I was part of a political party on campus, so you know, similar to how there's like Republican and Democrat parties in our uh, actual government. Right. In student government, we had, you know, two main parties. And the one I was part of was a little bit less left than the other <laughs> the other parties. Okay. And I got along with these people pretty well. But then early on in the year, they were in the process of drafting a set of values for to define the party. Okay. Which I don't think I disagreed with most of the pillars and try to keep them vague, you know, like we support diversity and inclusion on campus. You know, that's vague enough that where I can say, yeah, I, I support that. Sure, right. Um, yeah, but then after I was kicked out, at, you know, I was kicked out 
a couple nights before the actual vote and um or i think one night before the vote and then after i was kicked out the party drafted a set of very explicit values so you know supporting um being 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 pro choice as a party um supporting lgbtq plus uh, groups and initiatives on campus um you know very specific values like that that you know i would not have been able to agree with okay not all but some yeah and right. then my yeah my successor ran as an independent you know which was harder because she didn't have the resources of the party that would have been able to guide and mentor her right but thankfully i was able to be there to you know support her and to tell her what she needed to do and you know tell her what the election process would have been like and so she ran again as an independent. And I think, you know, actually on campus, there's been an increasing trend of independent candidates. So, okay. yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting to see how things have been playing out. Well, so you're speaking you're speaking to the I guess what I was uh, thinking about is I, I was picturing if somebody wanted to be maybe you are answering the question just a, a little differently than I was thinking that if I want to have one of the 20 sp- seats in the student Senate, um, that the student senate as a whole might have a, a set of something that you have to agree to before you become a senator. You have to be willing to do this, work with all clubs. You have to something like that. That maybe they would have sw- changed between the time you were uh, done and then and your successor came in, so that they could kind of cover themselves and ensure that if a Christian does make it back into the top twenty, that that person's going to comply with LGBTQ plus as opposed to not. So it's not, it wasn't quite that way. It was more about the political. You were saying you have to just be a, a, affiliated with one party or another when you're running for the Senate. Yeah. So okay. I think if you're affiliated with a party now, you have to vote a certain way. Okay. But then because um, our student government is, you know, affiliated with a public university, the, you know, the, the Constitution still very much applies, right? There has to be freedom of speech okay. in a public setting. Sure. Um, and I think that's different from, you know, a private organization, right? Yeah. But, yeah, definitely in a public setting that's sponsored by the public government and tax revenue, okay. there has to be freedom of speech. Well, it's very interesting. For those just tuning in, it's the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. Isabella Chow is our guest, former student at UC Berkeley at the time of the No Safe Spaces documentary, which she's in. She was a third-year student who had voted to – well, had actually abstained on a certain bill that uh, had had LGBTQ uh, plus um, around that theme and not didn't vote no. It was just abstained. She was representing a group of Christians and uh, was the second of the 20 senators, second most vote total. To, so she had a big group behind her in terms of why she was even on the Senate in the first place. And the rest of the Senate had voted in favor and, and really was a ton of backlash. Uh, so you can see the documentary, nosafespaces.com, to find out more about that. And we're just talking through this because it, it interested me thinking about you know what you went through. So just kind of a couple of the questions around maybe round out our time together. One is – in general, aside from what you experienced through that whole thing, how real is the pressure or was it when you were at UC Berkeley to think primarily one way or or did you feel at least in everyday life you could express your views and live as you believe was right? Yeah, you know, I think it does depend on what you study and the groups that you hang out with. Okay. Right. So, for example, if I'm a computer science major, that, that doesn't really have much impact on my political beliefs, yeah. aside from maybe like, you know, a, a, an English class or a history class that I have to take to fulfill general education requirements. Okay. Um, but if I chose to be, you know, I, I hear that the political science professors tend to lean more left, but 
still tend to be pretty open-minded. Okay. But, you know, let's say you take, um, you're in the film department or um, the music department or especially like, you know, gender and women's studies, you can expect the professors to lean a lot more left. And, you know, I, I think that part, that is a little bit more challenging. But then the, the thing is that the church at Berkeley was so robust and so committed because we knew that to be a Christian means to choose to, you know, live a life of sacrifice. And I haven't really seen that in many other places. Hmm. And I do think that it can be attributed to the pressure that we face in the classroom, but also just the social pressures around us. Uh, so I tend to not be an, I would call it an alarmist, like, oh, come on, let's not get too, oh, the sky is falling. But you went through something really hard that uh, I guess uh, my question is, how concerned do you think Americans should be about these things or anything tangible you would suggest, whether it's just being educated, like, guess what? This stuff does happen. And if you're asleep and not paying attention, the, the culture will shift. And may, maybe it's a call to be faithful in your space for these things. Like you were having a, a resolute mind before God. Uh, this is why I was elected. And these are the people that represented me. And this is very difficult. This is my part of the world. I'm going to walk through it you know, with God's help. Is it more like that, would you say? or? You know, I, I do agree with you in that it's hard to paint a general picture, right? Um, you know, especially in America where somewhere like Berkeley being a Christian is a minority versus like if you go to certain other states, being a Christian would probably put you in the majority. Yeah. Although, you know, the definitions of being Christian would be different in both uh, areas as well. Okay. Right. But I, I think like the bigger question for individuals would be, you know, are, are you looking at this cultural cultural shift? through um, a lens of fear or a lens of hope. But because I think no matter what, there's always a spiritual war around us, and that is undeniable. But if you look at it from a lens of fear, it's very easy to say, oh, no, like, you know, doomsday is coming, and there's absolutely no hope, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to send my kids to any colleges. I'm not going to, you know, let them be involved in any non-Christian activities. I think that is a, a, a mindset that isn't conducive to being a Christian that is influencing society to being the salt and the light of the world, yeah. right? And I think, like, it's different when you look through a lens of hope, right? Because not over, not, you know, naive hope, but hope that, you know, God is more powerful than the enemy, and that, you know, as a Christian going into Berkeley, I knew that there would be persecution. I didn't know how bad it would be, mm. but I had hope that God would sustain me, that He would grow me, um, that he would teach me. And like, you know, don't get me wrong, it took me months and months after I graduated even to, you know, fully recover, to fully heal, to fully process what I went through, um, to fully, you know, flesh out these questions that I had and these, um, you know, just the pain that I had to sort through. But at the end of the day, right, it's been um, almost a year since I graduated and, you know, I, I think more than a year and a half since this all happened. Right. Um, I look back and I know that, if I had, you know, not engaged because of fear, I would be in a very different place. But because I went in with hope, um, you know, maybe cultural culture is, you know, going downhill. Like, I, I'm not a sociologist, but that could be very well the truth. But then as an individual and, you know, for my family, for my community, I'm able to look and say, like, what does God want me to do instead of... What am I afraid of and what do I have to avoid? Isabella Chow is our guest whose story is featured in the No Safe Spaces documentary. We'll take a quick break and wrap up our conversation here. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com and on the WFIL app.
Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 452 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Isabella Chow from the documentary No Safe Spaces, ironically enough, uh, on the program with us for just a few more moments. Uh, Isabella, the, I was going to, the last thing I just kind of want to catch up with you on is how are things for you now? What have you, you know, in, within a year and a half or so in the rearview mirror, any new thoughts, new insights, things you may have done a little differently or things you're glad, you know, I did that and, or, or just a big, you know, anything that's a little different for you now than it was in the heat of the moment. Yeah, it's definitely really good to have hindsight. I think, like, especially this year, um, you know, I took a gap semester. I was with the John Jay Institute in Pennsylvania. Really? Um, actually, yeah, yeah, in Langhorne. That's like um, uh, half an hour from here. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay. so, yeah, it, it was really fun. There were eight of us, um, all Christians from different denominations, um, Catholics and Protestants, um, and it was a good time to rest. Um, it was an academic public policy fellowship. And so a lot of studying, a lot of reading and writing. Um, but it was, yeah, I really liked Pennsylvania. It, there's so much more history there than, you know, I have been able to see here on the West coast. And that was really special. And I just started working, um, in January, I'm in management consulting in San Francisco, but you know, like everyone else now, or most other people, um, working from home, um, in the Bay area with my family. So, yeah, that's that's it's been nice to be with my family, although, you know, it is a trying time for a lot of people. And, you know, knowing that God is in control, knowing that, um, you know, at the end of the day, my life is in his hands and there's nothing that I can really do to, you know, save it or lose it. Um, Isabella, the, the yeah, yeah, and the the, the, uh, the John Jay Institute, that that's a leadership. Is it a school or how does that just out of curiosity? Yeah, it's a private fellowship. So um, they have, you know, individual and donors, and I think they are funded by some foundations as well. It's a a really great program, pretty selective. They fully fund our living expenses and our field studies. Um, Okay, and the goal of it, though, is to prepare preparing leaders or? um, Yeah, to prepare um, Christians for public service, I think, is the motto, something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I hope if my uh, former directors listen to this, they don't get mad at me for misquoting. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> but it was a great experience. That's yeah. great. Well, uh, Isabel, I, you know, when uh, there were a lot of folks who were part of No Safe Spaces, and uh, as I, I watched the whole thing, I took uh, like eleven pages of notes and wrote down a lot of things because I wanted to quotes, whether it's a quote or a summarizing a situation. And uh, you were definitely one of the people I wanted to talk with because. Uh, um, you know, you had a, a unique story. Uh, I mean, it was well crafted. I think the documentary, but your story stood out to me. And I think your response, and just in our time talking together, I appreciate you know your perspective. I think it's a blessing God's allowed you to go through it, and He was with you through it, and you had a clear mindedness about it. I'm sure there were times where you're asking yourself, "Am I doing the right thing?" Or what? I'm, or you know, or or maybe not. But still, it's got to be hard when you're on the receiving end of a lot of criticism. Nobody wants to be uh, criticized or. Or or misunderstood, maybe is a better another part of that whole thing. So, um, it's an encouragement though to hear your perspective, both in the documentary. But today, I, I wanted to have extra time to just hear more of the story, uh, and so you've done that well. So, thank you for taking time with us. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Any any closing thoughts on your part, or anything else on your mind you can think of with regard to the the documentary itself, No Safe Spaces, or how that was for you to film it, or. Yeah, um, I 
definitely had a good time filming it. Um, the people who, you know, were filming, the people who, you know, were directing, they were incredibly gracious people, incredibly understanding, um, especially because they filmed a little bit after everything happened and people were, you know, crowding around or trying to intimidate us, <laughs> knowing that they were filming me. So, yeah, they were amazing people. I think the film is very thought-provoking. Um, it definitely was interesting to see people of different opinions um, highlighted in the film. Yeah. Um, I think that made it a lot more comprehensive than, you know, just a film that had a very clear agenda. And, yeah. you know, of course, this documentary has a message, but it's a very well-rounded message, in my opinion. Yeah. I had a curiosity. How did you, did uh, they, someone found out about it and, and asked you, can you, would you be willing to be in this or how did the connection happen? Yeah, I think, my email address was public online. Okay. Um, my student government email address at the time. So, and so I think they reached out to me that way, although okay. I can't fully recall the details. So the story was public enough or had become enough of a thing that it was something probably on the folks who put No Safe Spaces together's radar, like, hey, let's see if Isabella's willing to be part of this kind of a thing. Y- yeah. yeah, yeah, I okay. think so. Well, Isabella, thank you again uh, for taking time. It's great to make your acquaintance, and hopefully we can have you on again down the road and maybe catch up with how things are going and what God's doing in your life because you sound like you're, you know, God's using you, has has been using you, and and uh, I don't doubt that more of that will be will be coming. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 and thank you for everything that you do. Absolutely, and hope you know the weather and all this coronavirus stuff is, you know, going to slow down and yeah, in, in our entire country too. Amen. That's yeah. good. Have a great rest of your day, Isabella. God bless you, and uh, thanks again. Yeah, thank you. All right. Isabella Chow, kind enough to hang out with us for the program today from the documentary No Safe Spaces. Quite a story. You can find out more at nosafespaces.com. You can also get the podcast of today's program on our homepage at wfil.com about an hour from now or less. Uh, tell a friend of the, about the program if you would, though. And one, one of the quick thoughts, just if you're enjoying listening in, feel free to share and uh, so the program can grow and be a blessing to more, hopefully. And uh, you can do that however you want to do that. Um, Truth for Life is coming up with Alistair Begg in just a moment, followed by the Minister of the Month for April, leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. We actually had Dr. Youssef on yesterday in that podcast, right uh, smack dab on our homepage at WFIL.com. The program has lots of different interviews, lots of different folks. We do take calls every now and again, give stuff away, and have a lot of fun that way, too. Um, by the way, the Ministry of the Month you know, finishes tonight, there is a free download of Dr. Youssef's book, The Prayer That God Answers. It's a book on the Lord's Prayer. It's totally free. Uh, go to WFL.com to get a chance before midnight tonight and download your free copy. It's also the last day for the Kindness Challenge, and uh, you can still catch up on that and do some of those acts of kindness this evening. Details and all that, WFL.com. Our famous Friday show is tomorrow. Have a great night. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.